What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. My name is Ben Hilsinger, and this week's guest is Ray Brown, drummer for the band Snail Mail. I've been a big fan of Ray's drumming since I heard him on Snail Mail's debut album Lush in 2018, and this was a really fun conversation. His upbringing in the DC area music scene gives him authority on a lot of music I've never heard of before, and I'm assuming maybe some of you as well. He's got a lot of energy, and it was great to sit back and relax and learn a lot from a guitarist, bassist turned fabulous drummer. If you're unfamiliar with Snail Mail, I'm excited for you to go down a rabbit hole of one of your new favorite bands. And just so you know, we play a lot more than five tracks a day, so buckle up. Here are the records that helped shape Ray Brown into the musician he is today. Cheers. seek out inspiration to make sure that your playing is always fresh for not only the listeners but for yourself so the way at least i guess kind of a more the current state of bigger of touring bands the, the touring industrial complex if you want to call it that mm -hmm. like we have like 10 months gone it's like fully gone i don't see anyone and then like 10 months home the plague coming also helped with that too but so while i'm home i try and play with friends like play inside little projects like work with other people even just like people I know, not even in a jamming way, but usually it's kind of like I play in another band called Prude with my friend Nick. I play a band called Aunt Katrina, which is the brainchild, I guess, my friend Ryan. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I've wrote like six songs. Here's demos. Do you want to like play three local shows a year, record in our like home studio setup? It, lo it looks cool behind you. It's, it's a great vibe. Oh, I mean... It's we love it over here. I can take no credit. This is all Alex, the bass player, snail mail, who I live with, too. We've done other stuff, too, like in pandemic, post pandemic, where it's kind of like the rhythm set, like, oh, snail mail is like not on tour for six days. Let's get Ray and Alex to like back me up. This happened with a few friends. Uh, yeah, we have like the setup to do it. Alex loves to engineer and produce. And he's like so talented at it. So it's been that's kind of when the the main way of trying to stay fresh and like on Katrina, that new band uh, EP came out for like two or three weeks ago. Ryan had me playing like break beats on it and stuff. Or it's like, I have no idea how to do this, but it was just kind of like tapping into another part of my creative brain and really like unlocking some stuff I didn't even know I could do. It's kind of giving random stuff a whirl. So low stakes, just like having fun with friends. Yeah. So that's the, the main way as far as like trying to stay fresh. I love that. As an artist, what would be your mission statement? I guess this is a drummer leaning podcast, but uh -huh. I know 
I have some friends that are guitarists and bass players that listen to this. But just, yeah, as a creative, what's your mission statement? I want to, I'm trying to think of how to make it as, like, not cheesy and corny Dude, make as it possible. as cheesy <laughs> as possible. No, no, cheese it up. Just the easiest, again, not trying to overthink it, to make something fun, make something new and fresh, make something unique. If there's a frustration as far as state of the world, state of the quote-unquote scene, mental state, whatever, love to take that out on music. That's the whole point. It's so much fun. And so talking about those other projects you just mentioned, are you primarily the drummer there, or do you are you heavily involved in the melodic chordal songwriting? Oh, those are I'm the drummer in both those bands. Those are kind of one-man bands. And even the other bands for Friends I Filled In Two is a pretty, like, one-man band process. Granted, we'll all be kind of down here, like, working on songs. I also have perfect pitch too, which is funny because I play drums, but like, but I'll chime wow. in like, oh, like that chord could be fun there. Or the even me or like Alex, bass player, kind of this applies for snail mail too. Let's like add a pre chorus in here. Let's extend this outro. Yeah, I'm not like writing, like contributing riffs or anything, but definitely not just drum ideas too. All right, well, let's just hop into your big fat five because I know you have some really awesome honorable mentions too. So I want to get to those. And you said uh, you did change the order a little bit, mm -hmm. which was which was great. So there is a a specific intentional order for this, which we can discuss as we go along. But the first one is the Smiths. The artist is the Smiths. Release here, and you wanted to talk about the live on the tube version of this of this record, I guess. And so I do have a clip from the song you chose, which is still ill. And uh, yeah, the uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later the verse to chorus transition, and the drummer is Mike Joyce. So. Before we listen to it a little bit, take it away. Where'd you hear this first? Why, how'd it change you? All that jazz floor is yours. Yeah, um, Smith's definitely in my top five of all time, you know, aside from all the other kind of like cultural aspects and, you know, whatever controversies, but just musically, like such an important band for me. Got into them probably like when I was in fifth grade. So they're pretty like early, I was, yeah, like 10, I guess. So just kind of like really crammed in me like, kind of foundational band mm -hmm. one of the things that's really stuck out with me the whole like since especially like unpacking different drumming elements for this list is just how synced the kick and snare is with the bass player and guitar players right hands just such an overarching principle for my playing that's like such an important facet of rhythm to me i think the smiths especially kind of i think this came out 83 or 84 but 84 think, looks like it yeah yep yeah, I think they're definitely pioneers as far as like a catch-all term, but sort of indie rock drumming, indie rock approach, where it's opposed to like a traditional drummer sense of like drummer lays the foundation, backbeat, build everything on top of it. The arrangements and rhythmic approach in an indie style is way more like interwoven and kind of locked in. Coming across this in fifth grade just kind of informed so much for me after this, especially um, Alex, roommate, bass player, also engineer, producer, extraordinaire. I know this is a big influence on him, so I'd say it's specifically it's kind of a rhythm section approach for a lot of uh, snail mail stuff. Just like I'm like looking so intently as like right hand and like hearing in like my in-ears or monitor, like whatever his uh, his pick's doing. Mm. Um, so it's definitely a big kind of like Smith's undertone in a lot of that. But I mean, there's like so much I could say about the Smiths in other regards, but especially as far as the the rhythmic approach this song and this version on youtube specifically is kind of like a great example 
I find of that of that rhythmic approach. It just wasn't like the old days anymore. No, it wasn't like those days of good yeah and i think they were all probably like 21 or 22 that's like off their first album very young it's like such yeah. a, so unfair i mean with the the smiths kind of just like as time has gone on and history is kind of like critical whatever um most discussion around them is just so johnny marr and morrissey based but i think the rhythm section is so underrated also rest in peace to andy rourke the bass player um, one of my favorite bass players of all time. Honestly, another just huge rhythmic inspiration for me as a drummer. I'm sure like so many other people, like not just bass players, uh, so much of like whatever indie style you want to talk about is like can be traced back to like that verse and chorus. And they're also not, no one ever talks about them as a punk band, mm. but I feel like there's a lot of punk undertones in that era of the Smiths too. I mean, they're from Manchester. I know like, I don't know if they met at like a, a sex pistol show or something, but definitely even just in Manchester, like Buzzcocks and like joy division stuff. Like there's definitely an underrated punk element to them too. That's like always appealed to me, especially finding them in that era too. There's kind of just that element of the band I think is like really speaks to me too. Is like really present in that song also. And then for a snail mail context too, especially that era, like same setup, the space taken up by the drums is like much different it has to be way more kind of interwoven in with like that instrumentation. Very, very influential to my approach, at least for especially the earlier snail mail stuff. I think early Smith's is a big touchstone. Forks Drum Closet, Nashville's full line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They offer professional rental, repair, and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street, Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37210. Or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. All the information I just said is at ForksDrumCloset.com. All right, so number two, Fugazi. The album is Red Medicine. Of course, Fugazi released years 1995, so 11 years after the first choice. Not that it has to be in any chronological order, but just to put it in context for people. The key track you wanted to uh, look at is Birthday Pony. And you said um, the fill around one minute, so we'll start a little bit before that. And then, yeah, Brendan Canty. So take it away, and then we'll listen to some some Birthday Pony. Yeah, uh, this is my favorite drum fill of all time. Okay. 
uh, just kind of like uh, there's like a little pocket of my brain that's like just the kind of my like my last brain cell, just this fill kind of going on and on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, being from the DC area, Fugazi are like such a huge influence and pillar and foundational. So these these songs are chronological by release, but also how I found them too. So I think like not long after finding out the Smiths and kind of like classic indie stuff, I like found out about yeah, probably like some like fifth grade or so. Yeah, and kind of inescapable being from around here. Um, sure. All those bands, Brendan especially as a drummer, but my main takeaway with him as far as the influence on my drumming is just how like smooth and natural, effortless and flowy his style is. He's just like such a master of all that, especially in the context of a more punk band. And not even that it's necessarily like the craziest chops, just like the feel and the pocket is so unmatched but also like effortless too in the coolest way um i also could have easily picked repeater or 13 songs by fugazi as like the essential albums what brand's known for is the bell on the drum kits which kind of like the the mic drop of this particular fill but also i mean i use the bell on the ride symbol more than most people and like to like some people get kind of bummed on it but it's just part of being from dc is like that <laughs> bell that. is so important and kind of like foundational just being from here and like being so brendan canty pilled so to get gear talk for a second because i'm curious what ride symbol do you use because bell I, I i the musicality of a bell is really important to me um i know sometimes it's just whatever sir picks <laughs> for the uh -huh. fly date but uh, if you had a choice what would be your ride symbol ask me that question for the next song okay awesome perfect <laughs> Best. Let's listen to that one more time. <laughs> That's the most confident oh. Phil I've ever heard. Honestly, the part right after that in that song, yeah, if you don't mind playing it. Alright. Like so dynamic there too. Yeah. Yeah, he has that. He has like a, like a weight to his playing. It's almost like every time he hits the snare, it's like he's like having that little bit of a stutter stop. Do do ga. The push and the pull feel is huge, especially for earlier snail mail songs. He's a huge influence on that too. I would be so. I want like. Text him and see if you like used to click on the album or something. There's such like archivists too with that like band and label. Like they might like probably have like all the studio journals written down. So it's I could probably get an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like not they, I'm like so yeah, because that push and pull is like so important. Like we it was like a big transition for us to go to a click track, even the studio. Fun fact, Pristine is not played to a click on the album, too. Really? It's like just such a kind of difficult one to dial as far as like Lindsay's right hand my right hand, my like kick and snare and alex's right hand yeah just the kind of like push and pull of it was like too hard to get to a click so that song is no click track on it but no that like that push and pull like the kind of 
that Brendan Styles is a huge influence. Uh, such a dynamic player too, where like sounding like so ferocious on those fills and then kind of like slow like cymbal taps after. Like just being able to like just serve whatever the song needs is like another huge influence I try and do all the time too when I can. Dirt by Snail Mail is probably a song that I just kind of like close my eyes, like try and pretend I'm Brendan Canty kind of vibe. I will say that's the first EP. That's the Habit EP, mm-hmm. uh, which is before I joined the band. Uh, Sean Durham, who's like still a friend of me and the whole band, uh, is the original drummer of Snail Mail. She just like was in college and just study abroad program and couldn't play a few shows. So like how I ended up in the band. So I inherited some parts. There's like the the Habit versions that she plays on, and then like the Audio Tree versions are the kind of like recorded ones that I'm on. Okay. Um, but yeah, Dirt especially is kind of like. Very, very Brendan Canty esque. Uh, one of the nicest people I've ever met, music or otherwise, too. Brendan, like just yeah, oh yeah, like so gracious with this time. I feel like kind of like fanboy around him a little bit, just because like there was just such an important band for me. Even like you know, like Right to Spring and stuff are like such icons. But yeah, like one of the one of the sweetest people out there. Mystetics also are great. His current band. Want to shout an honorable mention here too? Of course. So. What kind of ties into like the flow, even like mid '90s stuff, but just like flowy indie rock style? Would definitely be uh, "Trucker's Atlas" by Modest Mouse. I think just kind of from the jump of that song, you get yeah. the the gist of it. Here we go. Jeremiah Green also, yeah, huge influence. Similar, just kind of in the same vein of the push and pull and the flowy style. Also an incredibly nice guy. I'm like so, got to me like middle of 2022. We played like the same fest as Maz Mouse in Belgium, mm. I believe. Like such a, a sweet guy. But yeah. yeah, that huge influence on so many drummers. That song specifically, it's like a nice moment in the um, the Pitchfork documentary about that album, about Lonesome Crowd of West. Mm. They like, talk about like, it, where they kind of just showcases like, flowy style and how creative of a drummer he is i've never seen that i'll i'll check it out highly highly recommend for sure but um yeah just another like kind of t- instead of like drummer playing it back be everyone build on top of it like he's just so that approach is so the opposite and like speaks to me way more is like way more relevant so it's like everyone's right hand just kind of being like flowy not even like robotically synced but just kind of flowing and playing off each other is like exactly what makes sense to me I honestly love all your choices. They're they're so rad. Um, Thanks. But let's go to the next album, number three. So the album is Floral Green. The artist is Title Fight. Release here is 2012. The track you wanted to showcase was Like a Ritual. And it's uh, we'll start a little bit before it, but it's the chorus fill around a minute into the song. And Ben Russin is the drummer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, take it away. I have so many thoughts on this. Once you play it, it will kind of like come back to me. So okay, might, might just... break the mold a little bit there.
That's a great um, sounding record too. That sounds awesome. God tier engineering and mixing, not really for snail mode, but as far as just heavy music, like a real like high watermark as far as like loud rock drumming and everything else too. Sure. Uh, the top of the top as far as that. You mentioned mm -hmm. before what ride symbol I use. I use a 21 inch K Sweet Ride. Okay. That is the only piece of drum equipment I need anywhere. I can play on like trash cans. As long as I have that ride, I'm good. I know multiple other people I grew up with got K Sweet Rides because of Floral Green. I don't even remember if he mentioned it in like an interview, if it just kind of got passed down, or it's like people like zooming in on like YouTube videos and stuff. Um, there's definitely like a, I played a Sabian B8, like high school. Of course. Really not bad. Crash is pretty good. I could play with one if need be. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like once you started touring more, I was like, let me get the floral green ride. I have another honorable mention attached to this one is a drop by Turnstile. Mm -hmm. I mean, I listened to your, your D Fang episode. He's a, a Maryland icon and what like superhuman drummer. I know Tile Fate's a big influence for him too, but he's also, as far as like catchy fills go, modern kings of catchy fills he's a huge one mm -hmm. too i mean like the middle of drop uh that fill is like the like a hook in the song just so hard to pull off and not something even i really i mean i wish i could we like the list of people that can pull off a drum fill as a hook is short but he's he's up there So good. It's insane. Oh. But yeah, that intro fill, my God, what a madman. Yeah, All right, I mean, do you want to call it a drum solo? Can, is it, can a drum solo be four seconds? Yeah, hell yeah, it can. I extended fill, uh, jury's still still out. I, I don't know <laughs> if I can call it a solo, but. Does he, he extend he just, that live or is it just he kind of stays to the record? Oh no, because they're playing it even faster. Of course. So it's like a second half, like. Yeah, that was like a big every night of the tour. I would like try and air drum and beatbox it at the same time. I feel like I got closer to knowing exactly what it is, but I'm still not quite there yet. But this all to say that Daniel Fang, also a modern master as far as just like catchy fills. You're seeing the band and you're like air drumming his specific fills. There's many to choose from. There's some Russian undertones in there too, among many others. All right, so number four, the album is self-titled album but from click the release year is 2014 the track that you wanted to showcase is lil t and the drummer is tom anthony so take it away yeah so this is a very underappreciated kind of random band definitely in the like 2014 philly emo band camp trenches for anyone else who is who is in there yeah so this album came out this is around when i start i was in mainly playing guitar and bass all like middle school and high school but around this time is when I started playing uh, more drums again, started playing drums in friends, like typical story of like the four people want to play guitar. No one's going to play drums. I was like, oh, I'll give it a 
take a stab at it. Mm-hmm. So around this time, this album came out, and like the big takeaway for me, a similar kind of flowy, effortless style, and even more so than some of the other examples I mentioned before, are just how musical and like instead of like backbeat laying a foundation like he's doing fills that like sync up with the guitar and bass all over the place so influential for me and like so like really just like help elevate the song in my opinion he has some almost kind of like a, the whole band has been like an early death cabby kind of style yeah but definitely an underrated underappreciated band one of them pj he's in this band they're gutting a body of water now i'm a big fan of two but yeah kind of like it's an insane band name i love it yeah, I mean, the singer, like, plays with his back to the crowd. They do, like, all sorts of, like, lots of bells, lots of really sick bells and whistles. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Definitely a bit of a random twist, but kind of came to me at the right time and were, like, so, so formative for, like, a certain style. Really kind of later high school getting into more, like, band camp indie, East Coast DIY kind of style. Like, click just really, like, exemplify a lot of that, which I think there's, like, just a lot of not even different rhythmic approaches but like very important to me and the song will will show it too great all right here's lil t Yeah, especially even after listening again, like where a lot of people's instinct would be just like, yeah, like little backbeat, little, let's kind of back up, let the guitars do their thing. But the way that he's like, his instinct, I, I'm sure he has to be guitar, but I haven't like met him or anything. I don't even know if he's been in other bands since Click, but yeah, just his like approach just always do fills that could be so busy in the wrong context but that like really help elevate the hits very like hitting with the guitar and bass forward mm-hmm. approach, especially like, yeah. When I joined Snailman, like the other bands I was in kind of later high school, like really big influence. I think just like what makes music instead of like, you know, drummer laying a foundation to like let everyone else shred, uh, just this kind of like unified, especially like a band that like also has that kind of slow push pull effect. There's some like slow core undertones, if you want to call it that too in there but yeah i think it's like a really yeah underrated band but important influence for me full controls the snail mail song that i'd say would be like a reference okay for for me o- other songs in the album he uses like like kind of rim shots a lot his kit i believe like no rack tom no crash symbol so like pretty minimal kit setup 
I would just kind of like maximize, like using the bell, using the rims. It's like another thing. Like I don't, I just use like one crash, one ride. I don't have like two floors or anything, but like I try and like use them for all it's worth. Like little, I ha- I got like a, I had a hi-hat tambourine. I got the tackle instrument co little drum sizzler. So like bells and whistles when used tastefully, I think are like super, not just fun, but like can really, you can do a lot with a little. I think this other spots on this album, when like, his rim shots. I think there's some in here too. Yeah, like minimal kit, but kind of using it, milking it for all it's worth, I think is an important important aspect too. This one has some other honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar like 2013, 2014 band camp feed, indie sort of stuff. Hoodwinked and AM for sure. I can't remember which songs I put. I mean, there's a few off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, let's see. Sorry. You put um, The Wall, or sorry, The Well, uh by am and then the song angel from space yeah for the first like 30 seconds of both of those are like great examples of like of yeah that of that era that like have really shaped my approach if you play them i'll probably have another yeah yeah note or two on them here's the well by avlov Yeah, I've never heard or listened to Avlov, so um, this is why I love doing this podcast. I get turned on by these bands, yeah. Yeah, they're really kind of, like, they were, like, kind of, like, the people that liked them back then, like, loved them, myself and kind of my whole friend group included, but they're really, like, getting more traction these days. For the albums they put out, like, 10 years ago, which is cool, and they're playing, uh, not really the biggest, like, most active live band, but they're playing a little more these days. But Theo specifically is such a just, like, powerhouse monster drummer that's another situation the singer songwriter guitar player steve is theo's twin it's like also unfair kind of like musical like inherent musical language there but he's another influence as far as like playing with the rest of the band like the parts being just so musical and yeah with this kind of like 2013 2014 like as i was you know like 15 16 17 just like really kind of like seeped into me like a sponge those principles as far as drumming approach yeah and to give him a, a full shout out theo hartlett is the drummer yep it was a big shout out to Theo Hartley. I think he does like some session work and some teaching too, but he he rocks. Hell yeah. And then yeah, Greg Rutkin, the drummer for for Level Up, spelled LVL, the word up, two words. And then yeah, the song, the song Hoodwink. So do you want to play a little section of that? Yeah, uh, or Angel from Space. That's what I, I meant to a, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angel yeah. from Space by <laughs> Hoodwink. Here we go. Oh yeah.
another honorable mention in here, uh, Harvey by Alex G would be remiss if I didn't mention that too. Known primarily for, you know, producing singer, songwriter stuff, but like his approach to instrumentation and arrangement is so next level God tier and creative. Harvey is, I think, a great example. Another 2014 Philly band camp DIY classic. All right, but, here you go. Here's here's Harvey. I think that's it for drums on that one. Yeah, that album. I mean, DSU by Alex G is my favorite album of all time. Oh, wow. I believe Alex G is drumming on, on. I think he did all the instruments on everything until recently. Yeah, less so like my approach for probably stuff I play in now, but just kind of in general, like so forward thinking. It sounds kind of insane. Sounds like it's like recorded in like a house over from where he was, mm-hmm. but like works so well, just fading it kind of almost randomly in the middle just like throwing everything at the wall why is he actually live everyone's kind of defaulting to the like air drum or screaming their hearts out to the lyric also sure but again in that vein as far as the the approach and timeline for sure are you a fan of pd i've seen the name around but have not not checked him out yet no a few of the vocal inflections of the last two choices Remind me of Petey. Maybe shout out to Petey. Uh, he's he's great. Really funny also. Has a lot of cool Instagram sketches he does. But anyways, <laughs> I think you would you would dig it a Okay, lot. cool. I'll, I'll be sure to check that out. But yeah, no, definitely like Alex G, Avlov level. Definitely like showing some of their, where like there's kind of like bands that popped up, but like really showing their their legs as time goes on for sure. Absolutely. No, I love, I I don't know a lot of Alex G and I, uh, I want to go down all those rabbit holes you just said. But you especially him, he's got like, I think, like 10 or 11 albums and they all like you listen to him for like 10 times. And you hear pick up on new new elements. So much, Hell yeah, a lot in there. The best kind of records for sure. Totally. All right. So number five, the album's Tesseract and the artist is Warehouse. Release here's 2015. Key track is Promethean Gaze. And I'm going to mm-hmm. butcher this drummer's last name, Bleichner. I that I I've heard it pronounced a few ways. That's my default for pronouncing it to Doug Bleichner. Okay. Yeah, I wish I knew the the actual pronunciation. It'll be in the show notes, people. You can look at it. But uh, yeah, Doug, yeah. let's just go. I think I would just, I would put money on Bleichner. But yeah, so Doug yeah. Bleichner from from Warehouse. So take it away, and then we'll listen to some some Dougie some Dougie B. Perfect, perfect. Um, there's so much I could say about this album and band. Um, this came out in 2015. I want to say. Yeah, they kind of have like a Smithsy approach um as a whole bit like a little more on the like robotic side as far as like how locked in everyone is but like just like jaw-droppingly locked in and just like tight and especially with like 
how much everyone's moving like it's unreal like how much everyone's able to like weave within each other play off of each other both warehouse albums like i could so many songs i could have picked doug's got like the steadiest right hand mm. especially like kind of modern era at least but that's another one where, like where i close my eyes writing on the ride or the floor tom i'm or like as close high especially like all right how do i get each of these hits as exact and like consistent as possible like i think of doug i think of this album also a minimal kit approach like he i don't know rack tom no crash it's like doing the most that he can with the smallest amount yeah the, uh, definitely a less is more approach or like as far as his setup he's doing like so much with what he's got um he was in omni who were a great band he was in lexi for a minute too but like again another just like of that time such an, an around the time where i started drumming more and more like huge influence a little like i wish i could like play this fast and like harder to replicate but definitely another like just from how much i've listened to this album in my life too like definitely there's it's it's in there for sure hell yeah here's promethean gaze which is actually the the album ender yep yeah here we go I like that he, in the middle of a phrase, he'll go from a ride to then go to the floor tom, then back. He just makes it just a little more interesting and dynamic throughout a seemingly part that you can just kind of coast through. Yes, but like he is kind of a cool trance effect with it. Like that album specifically is like 30 minutes of like, like I don't know how he does it. And like even the, like when they play live, like everyone's shredding seemingly on top of him but the more you listen like it's all intertwined and as you mentioned like how kind of like loopy and flowy the bass playing is like doug's like right his kick and snare are like locked in with the bass playing which is like such an insane cat and mouse to pull off that he does so well so it's like a real like an advanced approach of the like locked in with everyone i wish where i mean they're only banned for probably like three years two years maybe not long i always wish they did covers of early smith songs I feel like there's such a time between like Smith's kind of musical approach or like definitely a through line as far as like this kind of post punky where the Smiths have more of the jangle, like warehouse take a little more of like a stereo lab approach. That drumming kind of reminds me of some of what Philip Selway did on in rainbows by Radiohead. Oh, weird. Definitely. So it's, it's giving weird fishes for sure. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Well, so those are your, those are your top, 
I mean, we played so many songs. I'm so happy that people are getting a lot out of this episode. So you're welcome, everyone. And thank you, Ray, for taking the time. But before I let you go, because I'm sure you're going to be creative in some form today, if people do want to learn more about you as a drummer, maybe contact you, of course, see you play live, uh, what's what's the best place for people to get a hold of you and just follow oh. you? Uh, I mean, my, my Instagram is at RadyBro, which is a username I hate. I would do anything to get rid of, <laughs> but just... Since I got, had the account, yeah, fifth grade, so it was probably like blasting the first Smiths album. was like, Ray Bro be a fun name. Now I'm just <laughs> yeah. stuck with it, which sucks. But my email's <laughs> in my bio there. I'm trying to go to as many shows in the D.C., like Baltimore area as I can. You can just kind of find me there. I book shows in D.C. If you come out to any Red Brick Presents yes. show in D.C. You talk about that. Yeah, Red Brick Presents. Yeah, do like, I try and do like one of those a month. You can come and punish me there. Some of the best drummers around right now. Uh, I mean, the next show I'm doing is band Fiddlehead. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm not. Really cool. In the kind of like sunny day vein, I'd say. Their drummer, Sean Costa, is unreal. He was in Have Heart, too. We're like a big, bigger hardcore band. Sean Costa definitely sounds familiar, for sure. Yeah, you should I mean, you should get him on here. He's he's awesome. Okay. Um, If you want to like just find me out at one of those. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Hell yeah, man. You're a treasure trove of knowledge when it comes to this style. And and it's cool because listening to these, it is your your drumming with you know that I've heard with snail mail is is different enough that it's fun to know that this is your influence, but you still make it unique to you for what you're doing. Um, so that's I mean I mean that in the in that highest regard. So great job, dude! You're the best. All right, I'll see you around, man. Hell yeah, man! Bye. All right, today's big fat favorite is from Joe Saders of The New Pornographers. One of his choices was the album Wings at the Speed of Sound. The artist is, of course, Wings, released years 1976. The key track he chose is Let Him In, and the drummer is Joe English. And so here's what Joe had to say. Let Him In is one of the greatest, most simple grooves ever. With the hi-hat accents and the basic kick-snare pattern, Joe English knocked it out of the park on this one, with a little help from Denny Lane on the military drum bits. I've had multiple sessions with different bands and artists where they've asked for the Let Em In beat. It's timeless. As a bonus, you can put this song on at any party and the vibe goes straight to 10. I swear it's because of the feeling you get from the tempo of this one. Let Em In has the perfect tempo. Put that on my gravestone. Also, I love the story that Joe English answered the call for what he assumed was an ordinary audition for a rock band in some basement and ended up face-to-face with Paul McCartney. It's safe to say he got the gig. All right, here is Let Him In by Wings. Somebody's ringing the bell Do me a favor Open the door And let him in Ooh, yeah Someone's knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Someone's knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Do me a favor 
If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye.